Hello there. Welcome along to the podcast, Sport and Life. A little bonus one from my day job as a presenter at Sky Sports. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Thank you also to Cytoplan, food-based supplement company, based not far from where I am in Cheltenham, up the road in a village called Hanley Swan on the outskirts of Melbourne, picturesque place with a lovely pond. They provide, more importantly, food-based supplements to help optimize immunity, which is, I think we're all cognizant of at the moment with COVID-19, but also just generally supplements like their Immune Complete, which includes trace elements, selenium and zinc, which you may have heard about, and vitamin D or vitamin D if you're living in the States or Australia is how you pronounce it. Um, that is part of the Immune Complete range. They brought out also Foundation Formula has that as well. But cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. And the company's come uh, after my father working as a, an advisor and consultant there for a couple of decades. We bought thousands of pounds worth of supplements off them in that time. He's very much an advocate of them. My father being a general practitioner and a nutritionist, particularly specializing in trace elements like selenium and zinc and, and analyzing soils and be fascinated by that. My dad uh, is a big uh, proponent of food-based supplements like Cytoplans. And if you can get a 10% discount at the Cytoplan website with the discount code DRAPER10R, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, one zero, then a capital letter R. Now, this podcast is a little bit of bonus one. It is a guy who is a bit of an MMA star, Corey Anderson, you may well recognize the name, sort of shocked the world of MMA, light heavyweight, because he lost to Jan Blahovic in UFC in February, only his fifth defeat, 13 wins, which may sound strange if you're a boxing fan, but not necessarily that balance of win and loss is, is a lot more common in, in mixed martial arts, where defeats aren't seen as so terminal as they are in, in boxing per se. Um, a lot more competitive in, in that sense. But he talks about how his decision over lockdown, which shocked the world, ever made to join Bellator, which is an organization whose fights are shown live, or several of them, uh, a lot of the events on Sky Sports, my employer. And he talks about that decision about how, as a wrestling specialist, he wasn't encouraged to use his sort of strength, his natural advantages. He was encouraged to have a sort of rock'em, sock'em, contest he's he says in the podcast or the conversation we had for sky sports because that was sort of attention grabbing it's all about moving the needle as he says and i suppose that's cognizant we're aware of that in the general society at the moment is it about substance or is it about attention and getting people's attention in the attention economy particularly online with social media and so on and so forth businesses aware of that is it about publicizing yourself or is it about actually the quality of your product and in his case quality of his product being his is all-round mixed martial arts skill, which was supposed to be the intrigue of mixed martial arts, throwing wrestlers against kickboxers and jiu-jitsu specialists against boxers and so on and so forth. But perhaps that's been lost a little bit and they're focusing on stand-up because it gets attention, in the UFC at least. So hopefully you enjoy this one. Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson, fantastic to speak to you for Sky Sports. How are you? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Yeah, very well, thank you. Is it is it surreal being fight week in the week of the election in the States? What's it like? Another day of work for me. I don't do politics, so I ain't paying no attention to the election. I'm worried about my mission for Thursday night, and that's all that's on my mind. Yeah, that's fantastic. Keep that focus. And how does it feel to make your Bellator debut? Does it does it feel different? Are you are you keen to make an impression in in the division? Uh, it feels a little weird. I was talking to my coach about this this morning. I was running the treadmill. It's it's kind of like 
it's my first fight ever again. You know, I got like a new energy, a new feel going on. As for previous in the UFC, I had all the stress because I was at the top and all the things that I'm saying I had to do to get to a title shot. I was trying to prove something, trying to make something happen. And now I'm just the new guy on the block. I'm just going out there to fight, trying to get a win and make my name known. Does, does the culture feel different from the UFC to Bellator? Is there any, any tangible difference that you feel? I mean, right now, being in quarantine, it's kind of hard to feel much of anything other than a, <laughs> a mattress or a chair. So we go work out and we come right back. And I never really got to see what it was like quarantine in the UFC, so I can't compare. But the mental aspect, I feel, is different because, like I said, there's 90 stress on me right now. I'm the new guy. Mm. I have nothing. You know, I'm here to earn my keep. As for the guy I'm fighting, has already been here. As when I was in the UFC, there's a lot of pressure because I was already ranked at the top and I couldn't afford to lose if I wanted to get to that title shot. Have you been studying the 205-pound division in, in Bellator now to figure out where you want to go, or is it just all about Melvin Manhoff and, and this fight on Thursday? I mean, I had studied a couple of people prior, um, with Bader being in the 205 division. I had flew out to help him with fights before when I was studying film on Phil Davis. I saw a lot of the guys they had in the division, and I like to watch fights, period. So if a Bellator fight is on when I'm at home, mm-hmm. I'm usually keying in and watching. So I've seen a lot of 205ers. Uh, I know one of the 205ers personally from growing up in high school. And Who do you know personally? Sorry, Corey. Um, Alex Polizzi. We actually mm. left together in high school for freestyle. Our team freestyle. Oh, wow. So would you, would you fight Alex, would you, if it came up to it or not? <laughs> fight anybody. I haven't talked to him since high school. I saw him the other day, and we, I said, what up? And I don't think he recognized me, and we still didn't talk. I mean, it's business. In the UFC, when I fought OSP, he was a friend of mine. We had to fight. It's just it's all about getting the paper. Get the paper yeah. and get the win. How, how do you assess the challenge in front of you in, in Melvin Manhoff? 32 wins, 29 of them by way of knockout. He's 44 years of age. you expect him to come out swinging and kicking? Um, I, don't, I know he's going to throw punches and kicks. That's his style, but I don't think he's going to come out as furious as he usually uh, he used to, the last couple of fights that we've seen, he slowed it down and been more composed. It could be because of old age. It could have been because the last time he was knocked out. Whatever it is, things happen where people change their styles. But I'm uh, going to be paying attention, watching his hands, watching his chest, you know, looking for him to swing big because that's what his plan is. I don't think he's going to go out there and try to out-wrestle me. I doubt he's going to try to out-jujitsu me or out-point me. He's got to swing for the fences and hurt me and drop me or catch me. And that's going to be the way he either beat me on the scorecards or he wins by knockout. Do you feel under any pressure making your debut down the line for you in Bellator? Do you feel under any pressure to impress or is it just getting a victory, getting a W? No, that's the one thing I like about coming to Bellator is back to just getting a W. Uh, prior to this, I was always fighting to make an impression. You know, I had to do something. Mm. To get the needle to move, that's what they told me in the UFC. You got to get the needle to move before you get to UFC title fight. And now I feel like I don't have to worry about that. I go out there and I win. I dominate the way I dominate. It doesn't matter. He's dismantling people. He deserves a title shot. It doesn't matter how he wins or who he beat. Or who he beat, of course, matters. But, like, how he beats them is what I mean. Is that more pure MMA in a way, in a sense that you're putting the disciplines and people's best disciplines together rather than trying to encourage them, I suppose, to stand up is, is kind of what you're saying there. 100%. It's called mixed martial arts. Not Mixed martial arts, not rock'em, sock'em robots. 
You know, the plan is to go out there and be the mixed, best mixed martial artist you can be. And that means if a guy is going to outstrike you, you're a smart enough mixed, mixed martial artist. No, you got to take him down. If the guy is long or shorter than you, the goal is to stay long. If the guy is longer than you, the goal is to get in. And when you do those things and you capitalize on your game plan as a mixed martial artist, that shows you're prepared in every area of the sport from boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, judo, jujitsu, all the different things. And that's what we're here for. And um, in some places, it seems like we're losing that, that aspect of the sport. Now it's about who's going to sell the most tickets. And the only way you're really selling tickets is by knockouts. Mm. Do, you, do you feel liberated then you go into this, that you feel like you can be yourself, that you don't have anything in the back of your mind about how you have to look or perception of other people. It's just about being in the moment and performing. A hundred percent. I was probably one of the biggest reliefs the whole camp. You know, like I told my coaches, we're going to go out there. It's back to being us. It's back to being what we do, what we trained for for seven years. We're going to go out there and do what we do. We don't have to worry about impressing anybody. I don't have any side thoughts in my head like, oh, what about what this person going to think? Or oh, what about the crowd? This, and especially there's no crowd. So there's no crowd to entice you to get into a brawl or anything crazy. So now it's kind of like we're going to go out there and we do what we do every day in training. And we're going to mm. get it done. Do you think that could, could that favor the wrestlers then, in a sense, you think? Because sometimes the, the crowd does want to see the striking and, and could drag you into that kind of contest. It favors the most composed fighter in that cage. The person that's most disciplined and know what he has to do to get it done, whether you're down two to zero or whatever it is, whatever part of the fight is, the one that can stay composed and just focus on the fight, that's who's going to benefit. You know, you don't have any side distractions. You don't have anybody screaming. You can listen to your coaches. You don't have anything pulling your attention away where if your coaches are calling some, you can't hear what they're saying is open. You know, it's going to be crystal clear, broad day, wide open. It's going to echo, you know, so I can hear it loud and clear. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of the fans love it as well at the moment. It's got this a sort of, obviously they want to be there in person, but I think they enjoy the, on the television, the, the intimacy of it and, and what you can hear. How difficult was the pandemic for you in particular? Obviously the whole world has found it difficult, but you came off that loss in your, in your last fight. Did it give you a lot of time to reflect? Did you want to get back into the cage sooner? It definitely gave me a lot of time to reflect, but it didn't make me want to rush to get back to the cage any sooner. But like I said, mm -hmm. reflecting, you know, that time sitting out, that's kind of how I ended up here in Bellator. Uh, I was just reflecting on a lot of things on my life, my career, where I had been, how long I had been in the UFC, the way things were going, the, the way I thought things were going to go from there. And then opportunity came for something different. And in this sport, it's about, like I said, getting the win and getting the check. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, my mind is all about getting the win. I wasn't thinking about the check part. I wasn't thinking about the fact I have a family now, a wife with a kid and another one on the way. I got to worry about taking care of them. I can't worry about just winning. When it's all over mm -hmm. said and done, a UFC title and a bunch of wins isn't going to pay for my kids' college tuition or pay the bills. And it made me realize where I was at in my career, what I deserve in my career, and, you know, the way I should fight again. That brought me back to another thing. I should be fighting smarter to preserve my health. You know, I shouldn't be out there fighting or impress people. I should be fighting to get the win, get the check, and get out of there. Get back home to my family and be happy, healthy, and safe. And, mm -hmm. you know, other than that, that's the only thing the pandemic did. Because for me, I tell everybody, I think it was a, a blessing and a curse for me, but it was more of a blessing. The curse was just like the gyms got shut down. Mm -hmm. But the curse or the blessing was I got to spend more time with my son while I watched grow up, and now we, like, that's like my little man, my little best friend, not even two years old. But before the pandemic, I know it was, I was always seeing him in passing. I see him when he came home with his mom, but I was on the way out to the gym. I got home to the gym just before he went to bed. 
as for now, we spending like half the day together until I drop him off to the city, or I pick yeah. him up to babysitting. And then um, also, it's like with the gym being shut down, it forced me to come out of pocket. And I just, I was, I'm always big on toys, cars, motorcycles, and whatnot. But I had to buckle down and put my stuff outside and turn my garage into a gym so I can train <laughs> and invite people over. And that also gave me the chance to slow my training down some, not so much as going over what we're going to practice and going hard all the time, but get people to come over late at night, early in the morning, get my coaches to come over and we can slowly drill things and see a lot of the mistakes I've been making in my career and fix those things day in and day out and then go to the gym and perfect those things. And like I said, the pandemic was great for me and I'm just, I'm, I'm glad that America is starting to come up a little better. The it's starting to, economy is coming up a little bit, and um, and we're gonna sure after the election things are gonna change. I'm sure, but as for me, it was great. You know, congratulate congratulations. I'm glad that it was good, and congratulations on the baby to come as well. Has, has fatherhood generally changed you? Has it changed your outlook? And you you mentioned about longevity, not just for you, but for the family. You're starting to plan. You're in your prime now, I suppose, at, at 31. But to, to have a long career, you're you're saying that it has to be strategic and it has to be in your own best interests. Yeah, 100%. I mean, having a family changes a lot of things, you know, along with the decisions we make, just like the decision to come to Bellator. That was, I mean, when the opportunity came, you know, I was biting my teeth and holding down. Like, I didn't want to let go of that opportunity to UFC. But as my manager said, he made it bright and crystal clear for me. He said, Corey, hey, you got a family now. You got to worry about taking care of those guys. Take care of your wife. Take care of your kids. Make sure everybody's going to eat. And when you're done fighting, you're still eating. Like, yeah, we know you want the best in the world. We know you can beat the guys in the UFC and be the world champ. But are they willing to pay you what we're worth? You know, you got to calculate that. You got to figure out where you're going to get noticed and where you're going to get your work. And that was a big thing. And then, like I said, the mental health and physical health aspect is I always think, Playing with my son now is like when he gets older and play football or wrestle, whatever he does, I want to be able to do it with him, teach him, show him the way I do it. Now, if I'm punch drunk and can barely keep a sentence or can barely walk, I can't do those things. So that brought me back to the fact to where I got to start fighting smarter so I can get home to my son and spend as much time as I with him as I can until he's 18 and on his own. What, what's your son's name? Is he, does he know what you do now? Is he, is, he, is he kind of a keen fan of yours? Oh, his name is CJ Corey Jr. He's uh, 19 months. He'll be 19 months on the eighth, but he he knows what's going on. He's uh at the gym all the time, sparring. He's sitting at the cage watching. We go home in the home gym. He ground and pounds the heavy bag. He's punching the heavy bag. He ground and pounds the dog. And I put my hand up for a high five. He comes throwing a jab cross. He knows. He sees the way dad hits Smith, and he does exactly what his dad does. And you know, I hate it and I love it. I don't want him to be a fighter. But I love the fact that he sees his father always working hard. So he's going to grow up knowing this life didn't come easy. My dad worked. I remember growing up, my dad was always in the gym working. And we had a good life from it. Yeah, well, he'll be, you'll be his hero, I'm sure. And he'll try and follow in your footsteps. When Melvin Manhoff, when you think about your opponent, he's 44. He made his MMA professional debut, I think, in 1995. How much respect do you have for that kind of longevity? Is that something that you'd like? Or do you have a, a shorter end date in mind? Well, I don't want to be in it that long, you know. When I got in the sport, my plan was to get in and out, get in and out like a robber, get as much money as I can and start my future endeavors, use my business degree, and, you know, make the smart and safe money, you know, healthy money where I don't have to get hurt. 
but that's for him. It's nothing but kudos and hats off. And congratulations if you can make it that far in this sport, especially in MMA and kickboxing, with the mental damage and the physical damage you take. And at 44 years old, he's still moving around, training and fighting. That's great. That means he's did it right, especially starting in the combat sports way back when, before they had all the science and the physical therapy and chiropractic and stuff like that. You know, he's been really through the grinder. He's still here. Yeah, he's, he's talked a couple of times about retirement, one or two more fights, he suggests. As his opponent, does that make you wonder that, that maybe his heart fully isn't in it when you go into the cage against him? I mean, I can't worry about what he's doing. You know, mm. I can see I've seen what was it, his fight after he got knocked out for the middleweight belt when he camped 205. And they said in the conversation, he said he won one or two more and he's done. You know, but this would be the third one since then. So if they banked on that, you know, it didn't happen. You know, I'm yeah. not worried about what he's thinking. I'm not worried about what he's doing. I'm not worried about what he says. I got to worry about what Corey does. And that's been a problem in the past. Also, you're worried about what the media say, what people say, what he said in the interview. And you start going into the fight thinking about those things, thinking about, oh, this person said he's going to knock me out with the right hand. So I got to say cautious of the right hand. And that makes you lean into that right hand more. So if I go out there thinking, oh, he's ready to leave, he's going to retire, he's not fully in this, and just that's going to make me think, like, this guy isn't here all the way. I can take it easy on him, and that's when you get caught. So like I told my coaches, we treating this fight like it was the world title fight in the UFC or the Bellator title, whatever it is. It's a top-of-the-line fight, one fight at a time. We're worried about this, and we're worried about what's next time. So do you not study too much tape before you go in of the opponent? You more kind of feel it out as you get in there in terms of being natural? Is that, is that the approach now that you've come across? No, I still study tape. I study tape, but not as much to worry about what he's doing, but to see where's my opening up, to hmm. see what he's doing wrong, what he's doing bad, the mistakes he makes, the things I can capitalize on. You know, I've always been strictly a study in film from being I was a college athlete to a college coach. That was my job, breaking down film, scouting, taking notes. And I still do that to this day. The notes is not as for, all right, you got to watch out for this. Oh, he's going to do this. Great. No, the notes is for, okay, when he does that, that's when we do this. He's going to open up here. When you see him make that move, he's going to do the same thing next. So the opportunity for you to do such and such is there. And that's mm -hmm. what we study for. And that's the, we figure out the game plan there. I tell my teammates, all right, this guy does this, this, and this. So I want you to do this, this, and this when we spar. And if you hit me, you hit me. But it's my job to see it coming and get used to it so I can react into it in a timely manner before I get hit. Mm. Has sparring been good? Have you been able to get the sparring you needed in well, the pandemic? Sparring's been great. You know, I flew my brother in here, my real brother, but Bruno Capaleza, the former Risen champ um, from Brazil, great kickboxer, good well, brown belt in jiu-jitsu, good wrestling. And I got my boys Carl Roberson, UFC 185er, and Rex Harris, a 185er, also from PFL, who's about, he's probably two inches taller than Manhoof, but the same style, just a banger. He's walking forward, throwing big hooks, overhands, kicks, and stuff like that. So when I mixed the three people together from having a ground game, the jiu-jitsu, the wrestling, and all three of them are actually strikers, Carl Robinson, a glory kickboxer, you know, to have those guys throwing kicks and punches at me with longer reach, I feel like it's not going to get a much better look for Melvin Manhoof than that. Yeah, sounds tough for most of us who, who aren't fighters, to be fair, but great preparation. Have Scott Coker any conversations with you? Has he suggested how many fights you need to have before you get the, the title shot? Obviously, that's held by Vadim Nemkov at the moment. 
No, I've met and talked to Scott literally one time the day after I signed. The day I signed, that morning we met for lunch later on and haven't talked to him since. I talked to Mike Kogan, who I think is the VP, and I deal with the other people, but that's not Scott's job to talk to me. He is the owner of the company. His job is to stay at the top and delegate. Make sure Mike gets the message delivered to such and such or Carrie or whoever it is to deliver it to me. And my job is to either speak it to my manager to relay the message mm. or speak to the people texting me. But as for getting to the title fight, like I told my manager, if we get to it after this fight, cool. If we don't, cool. We're making enough money now. We're fighting. We're getting paid for what we're worth. So I can't complain about it. We go out there, we fight, we get paid. As long as we keep bringing the checks home, the title's got to come eventually. Yeah, do you feel that you're a big name? And do you think coming into the Bellator, do you feel that there's a rising tide in the organization, that the UFC is getting a serious rival in Bellator? I think it's definitely bringing more attention to it, especially Thursday night being I left the UFC ranked number four in the world. And I think mm. to this day I'm still ranked number four because no one in 205 has fought. And to think you got a guy who just, he didn't get cut, he left and went to another promotion. So people want to see people. I was gaining a lot of momentum in the UFC, and now I get to bring those same fans over here. And then right after I left, you had uh, Khabib, not Khabib's brother. Yeah, Khabib's brother signed. Brett Johns left. And it was one more person from the UFC. One of the Russians over there trained with Khabib mm-hmm. to also sign. So you got to think, right after Corey leaves, I make all this noise in the media, the reasons why I leave, getting more money, blah, blah, blah. Then within two weeks later, you get three other guys that come, and two of them have been ranked in the top 15 in a division. So that's already bringing more attention. And like you said, being a bigger name, I'm not going to say a big name, but a bigger name, as well-known, has done media for seven years, a lot of people want to get interviews and whatnot. So when you mm. get interviews to come over, that bring more media platforms to Bellator. That's going to bring more opportunities for these younger guys to get media opportunities. If I have to fight these younger guys or the media that to fight and they see this younger guy, they're like, oh, I never heard of this guy. I'm going to check this guy out. So it's going to, it's a growing process. It's nothing but positivity and going up. I'm just excited to be a part of Bellator and watch the company grow, whether it's with me or without me. But now that I've been a part of it, I feel like I'll be a part of it forever. Well, it's fantastic to speak to you and we're looking forward to watching you be live on Sky Sports in the UK early hours of Friday morning. I think our program starts at midnight our time. So we're very much looking forward to that. What can you just leave us with in terms of predictions? Do you, do you go into predictions in, in how the fight might play out, how you're seeing it in your head or, or do you just let it come? The only thing I've ever predicted and that's been since college is just domination. I don't train and go out there and keep it close. I never go out there like, okay, I'm up. Now we're going to coast to the plan is from start to finish you lead the dance and you finish leading the dance and you're going to be leading the dance way lots of steps ahead of everybody else so just know Corey's going to come out there prepared to dominate push the pace go fast there's not going to be any slowing down whether it's five rounds three rounds I can keep the same pace which you don't see in 205ers for 15 or 25 minutes and uh Thursday's going to be the first step to show it in the Bellator cage well Corey we appreciate your time thank you and the best of luck Thank you. Have a good Really fascinating to listen to Corey Anderson there and the recollections he's gone through in the pandemic and how it's been a positive for him ultimately in terms of assessing where he is, where he wants to be, and also that sort of factor of his family and how, in a sense, it's not about you and what you want in t- terms of titles. There's a, a fiscal responsibility. You have to bring home the bacon, so to speak, get your worth 
and that's a big part of his decision to join Bellator, but also being himself, being natural, instinctive, and his background in wrestling suggests he will like to grapple. Um, so we wish him the best of luck. Of course, wish Melvin Manhoff, his opponent, the best of luck as well to fight live on Sky Sports from midnight on Sky Sports Mix on Friday. So Thursday night going into Friday morning, if you want to watch that. If you're in the UK, CBS Sports, I believe, in the USA, if you're based there. And if you're based anywhere else, you'd have to look at where potentially you can see that. I know the highlights will be up on Bellator's social media, Twitter, things like that, if you want to catch up with it after the after the event itself. But Corey Anderson, fascinating character, wishing the best of luck with his career and his family. Another baby on the way, as he said, becoming a father of, of two. Uh, so thank you for listening to the podcast, guys. Thanks to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV. Check out Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham's B&O Cheltenham, I think they call it on social media. Thank you to cytoplan.co.uk if you are concerned about wanting to stave off the coughs and colds, not just COVID-19, and you want to optimize your immune systems at the moment, head to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. Food-based supplements absorb like food. The Immune Complete one may be a one-stop shop that you can look at if you're looking at a sort of holistic supplement you can take once a day just to, to keep you tick boxes ticked in all areas, vitamin C, D, the selenium zinc, the B12, whatever it might be you're particularly concerned about. But if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, my discount code is DRAPER10R, all capital letters, D-R-A-P-E-R, my last name, then one zero, and then the capital letter R. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you can rate it on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to, it, fantastic. Recommend it. And if you comment on iTunes as well, that helps reinforce it, I suppose. And I will reply to you on there, or at least I'll take note of it and maybe read it out on the podcast. That's of interest. We could start doing that potentially. Thank you for listening, guys, and goodbye for now.